it's time for a new game. I feel like it's kind of a uh, pretty abrupt and significant tone change from Yakuza 0. But yeah, we're going to be playing The Wolf Among Us. And I feel like I should mention, because this is a decision-based game, I've played it before. I didn't remember a lot, but I knew some of the main major decisions. So a lot of the time I chose things I hadn't seen before. But I was trying to think of of out-of-context summary points for this game. But I feel like we we almost don't even need to take things out of context, at least for the first episode, because it throws a lot of weird at us right away. Mm-hmm. So here's my not-so-out-of-context summary points for this episode. We get cursed out by a frog who is short on cash, probably because he spent it all on a vanity license plate. We meet an alcoholic pig, and we see a lot of troll booty, and that's just scratching the surface. Should we just start with the opening scene? Let's do it. All right. So to summarize the opening scene, we meet Bigby Wolf, the sheriff for a hidden community of fables, which are fairy tale characters, living in New York. He goes to handle a call from Toad, where he has a run-in with the woodsman. Do you have any notes? Do you want to start? My notes are after he meets the, the woodsman. Okay. So Bigby makes it upstairs where the woodsman is smacking a woman. And even before you get in the room, you can hear the woodsman. And some of the dialogue is kind of interesting. He says, look at me, do you know who I am now? And then when Bigby enters, the woodsman smacks her and says, you know who I am now, don't you? So I don't know if she knows who he is, but it seems like he thinks she should. And I feel like that's... A question that we should hold on to moving forward. Bigby intervenes and they end up falling out the window where he lands on Toad's car and he's got a license plate that says totally but spelt as Toad. So that's definitely where all his money went. They can take a lot of damage. They're not human obviously but apparently that translates into incredible super strength. What does it take to kill one then? Yeah. <laughs> Just because it can handle so much. But we also get to the scene where she's looking in his pocket for money. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of wondering how she's so unaffected by all this. So you're just kind of curious what her background is to be so unaffected by this and still hold her ground after being smacked by him. <laughs> yeah, and you just can we just take a minute to realize the similarities in the introductions of this game in Yakuza 0. Oh <laughs> Someone gosh, gets beat yeah. up and has money st- stolen from them. We have the type of game that we really like. <laughs> it's hard to leave Yakuza 0 behind, but we have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's confusing. She's very emotionless, too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until you mentioned it, but she is pretty emotionless. But then that kind of starts to change after Bigby keeps talking to her. He tries to question her at first, and she just responds with, These lips are sealed. Which is a weird response, but then they keep talking. And did you pick up on like romantic tension? Oh, yes, definitely. First, he says, I feel like we've met before. And then she touches his arm and then acts all embarrassed about it when she realizes she's still touching his arm. Then she turns around, keeps touching his face, and then kisses him on the cheek. Right? So I'm confused. I thought they were going to be a couple. Yeah. But we later know that he likes snow. And so. Yeah. It makes sense that he didn't reciprocate. But then he's also pretty stoic too yeah he is it's weird i feel like even he's confused by it 
I'm wondering, is it that they're living in a, and stay with me here, but are they living in a parallel universe where they've met in a previous life and then they also are living in this life? And that's why maybe she's confused that she's met him, but it's because she met him in a different world. Yeah, well, and then her response to him asking how we met before is, we all sort of knew each other at, at one time or another. So they've been around forever. So it, it's possible that they have crossed paths. But it seems weird because he seems confused. He feels like she's familiar. She's kind of like flirting with him. But then she gets embarrassed. But then she keeps doing it. It's weird. And then he talks about arresting the woodsman. And she's like, don't bother. He's got nothing to give. And he goes, then maybe I should be arresting you. Kind of joking. And then her response it's confusing. I feel like it could go two ways. She says, I'm not going to be doing this for much longer, so now is your chance. And this is when she touches his arm. And so my first question when I watched this was, did she want him to arrest her? My second question was, was she propositioning him because <laughs> she's a prostitute? I don't think it's that. I think she was just flirting with him. I think she has a flirty nature, and so I think that's all it is. Or maybe they had something in their past life. I don't know. Maybe she was drunk or something. Like, <laughs> just didn't remember. I, I don't know what it exactly it is. Yeah, it's just her, her expression after she says it. It weirds me out. This interaction is confusing. I can't tell if she, like what she meant by that. I don't think he really knows either. I, yeah, yeah. And it's weird that she's asking the ribbon. What's the significance of the ribbon? It is weird because she's pretty closed off about everything she doesn't offer much up but then she highlights that so that is odd but to end this confusing interaction between the two of them this is when she kisses him on the cheek and says you're not as bad as everyone says you are and then she walks away and says see you around should we move on to scene one mm -hmm. all right so next bigby returns home to his apartment where he finds a pig is waiting for him he hopes to get some rest but is interrupted by a knock at his door on his way home, he runs into Beauty. She's acting kind of shady and is not really telling him what she's up to. It's kind of funny because you always associate Beauty with yellow and Little Red Riding Hood with red, yet she's wearing a red cloak and something on Big B's wall behind the seat. It's a photo of someone who's, and I think it's in red. Yeah, it is red. I noticed that too. And so maybe... Because Belle isn't wearing yellow, but she's wearing red. He must be related to that picture on the wall, right? And Beauty is also wearing red. Mm -hmm. And so do you think they're related? Um, not necessarily. I saw it more of a, as an Easter egg to Red Riding Hood. But I don't know why he would have a picture of that on his wall either. So then he gets up to his apartment where we meet Colin. He seems to have a drinking problem, just like Bigby does. Honestly, he, he's walking around his apartment, sees a box of Chinese food and says, don't remember ordering that. So my theory is that Colin ordered it. <laughs> I think the pig ordered the Chinese food. Hopefully he didn't get pork fried rice. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just exactly about to say that. The cannibal. But then this poor guy just has like six boxes of cigarettes in his fridge. Does he not eat? Do they have to eat? I mean, there's Chinese food. Colin mentions more about Bigby's dark past, and in response, Bigby says that's all supposed to have been forgiven. And Colin gets kind of mad at him when he won't share a drink, and he starts 
trying to like press Bigby's buttons. I get annoyed with this interaction. Like I'm not trying to impress this pig. Yeah, I'm being grilled by him. And eventually Bigby kicks him on the floor and is going to fall asleep. Does he not have a bed? Does he sleep in this chair? Even if there was a bed, he probably wouldn't care enough to make himself go there. But I'm going to say Colin's insistence and persistence in trying to push all of Bigby's buttons. You could say Colin's personality is a bit pig-headed. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> How many more you got? Uh, none so far. <laughs> but I stole the pork fried rice one. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> okay, um, and then, yeah, Colin mentions that it sounds like Bigby likes Snow White. He's got a thing for her. And coincidentally, she will knock on his door, interrupting him from his nap. And that is when we meet Snow White. She says that there's a problem. And that's where I ended the scene. So I don't know if you have any notes in scene one that you didn't go over yet. And so then in scene two, Snow leads Bigby to the scene of a crime where the prostitute's head has been left on the woodland's front step. Bigby and Snow investigate the girl's identity, and Bigby makes his first big decision. So she's dead. What was your immediate reaction to this? I was shocked, because they were, like, pretty flirty, and up until the point before we knew that he had a thing for Snow, I honestly thought that they might be a couple or something. We can get to know more what he meant by, like, she looks familiar. So I was, like, thinking that we'd get to know more about that, but now she's dead. And the ribbon is in her mouth. The same ribbon that she's like, hey, isn't this pretty? Yeah. What does it mean? It is interesting that they put they put so much emphasis on that, like, romantic tension between them in their previous scene to then just have her show up dead. That leaves us with a lot of questions. Whoever did this to her really emphasizes the ribbon. They put it in her mouth and also have her ring, which we see her wearing in the, the previous scene, tied to it, which will also ultimately lead to them figuring out her identity. And so it seems like the killer wanted them to figure out who she is. And so then that makes you wonder why, because usually if you kill someone, you're trying to cover it up, not call attention to it and to their identity. Before we keep going, I just saw one of my notes. <laughs> he left his apartment door wide open. I mean, I guess Colin's in there to hold down the fort, but it made my skin crawl because anytime I leave, everything's locked. Well, it's not like he has anything to get stolen from in this place. It's true. He's got a lot of cigarettes, though. I don't think those are <laughs> commodities. I feel like everyone has it because the girl was also smoking it, too. Yeah, it seems like a lot of them partake. Um... But yeah, then when he and Snow are walking through the hallway, this random guy shows up and just goes, Hi. Like the <laughs> most awkward hi. <laughs> they just look so surprised by him. And I don't I don't know the importance to this. I don't know if it's just random, but it's weird. So then Bigby starts investigating for clues. And I missed one. I noticed it when we were rewatching. But we found the blood and he figured out that someone hopped the fence to bring her there and got hurt. I wonder if anyone will be walking with a limp in the game or anything, although they heal really fast. And then he also finds Jean's fabric. So keep those clues in your mind. And then before we move into the business office, should we talk about what we think might have happened so far? Because last we saw this girl, she was leaving to go drop off the money that she had made that night, and then she was going to go 
over to Bigby's apartment, but at some point she got interrupted. Or maybe someone was watching her this entire time and knew she was going to spill the beans yeah. to Bigby and had to kill her before then. The other option is she just didn't collect enough money and they just got mad and decided to kill her. But then why leave her head on the step? Oh, that's a good point. Bigby and Snow head into the business office to start trying to figure out who she is. And this is when we meet Crane, who's really annoying. He tells them to get to work and then goes and gets a massage. (laughs) I don't know what your first impressions of him were. I thought that... In a lot of TV shows and stuff, there's always, like, an evil mayor. Or there's always something fishy with a mayor. And so I feel like he's probably one where we're going to have to learn more about him to get more details and see. He's probably selling someone out or selling town secrets to get a profit for himself. That's the type of guy he strikes me. He definitely seems shady, and if not shady, at least very incompetent. Then we meet Buffkin, the flying monkey, who uh, helps them fetch some books. That's when we learn that she goes by Faith but also it goes by other multiple names, including Donkey Skin, because she hides in a donkey cloak. But before we keep going, when they're looking through the, the books that have all the, the fables in them, when Bigby looks at Red Riding Hood, he says she didn't make it out. So I don't know what that means. If she's dead? Or she's stuck. Yeah, or she's stuck. Maybe she, my theory is maybe she couldn't make it and that's why she gave her cloak to Belle and that's why Belle has red. Yeah. <laughs> Would you wear it though if someone did that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> the same. Bigby uses the magic mirror to try to find some information. First he asks about Lawrence's location and it looks like he's dead or dying. There's a lot of blood and a knife. And then he asks about Faith's father and we see a skeleton hand. And then he asks about Faith herself, and the mirror responds, basically, like, there's magic preventing this. My lips are sealed. I think whatever magic, it hides location as well as whatever it does. And so then my next question is, if we don't see her, can we be sure she's dead? Because we see the old king, his dead body, but we don't see her dead body. So does the magic still work if she's dead? dead or is she not dead i think she's dead i mean her heads and her body are separated we don't even know where the body is right so i think she's like dead dead you make a compelling argument yeah but then again they're hard to kill but i feel like if your head's separated i think there's pretty darn likely chance you're dead dead is it magic or is it a curse these lips are sealed we've heard it twice now so i'm I'm wondering Is there a curse placed on a certain group of individuals who know something and can't say it? Mm Mm-hmm. Toad calls the business office again, and that is when we are given the choice of going to Lawrence's apartment or Toad's apartment. And the first time I played, I went to Toad, so I decided to go to Lawrence's this time. So the next scene, Bigby and Snow arrive at Lawrence's apartment to find what looks to be a murder scene until he wakes up. An intruder arrives at the apartment and Bigby chases them down, only to get jumped. So, they break in. The TV's on. Uh, I don't know what's on the TV. We talked about this when we watched it, but it kind of looks like JFK? I don't think it's him, but it kind of looks like him. And then also, next to him is a man in that chicken suit, maybe? So, I don't know what what this is, but I want to know. Bigby is now analyzing what they think is a dead body. 
And he has a line, they never really look peaceful, do they? And in response, Snow says, I wouldn't know. Is that just showing like his experience versus her inexperience? That, but I always found Snow kind of weird. <laughs> in the sense that it seems like she's hiding something. So I, to me, her reaction was more of her hiding something than genuine, I don't know. Interesting. What makes you think that? I'm curious now. Well, just how she reacted to Face Head being on the ground and finding it. She didn't, like, scream. She didn't freak out. She wasn't panicking. She just handed it to Bigby to take care of. <laughs> Here's a head. So I, I don't know. I need to, to know more about her first. I see what you're saying. She is pretty kind of uptight, kind of rigid. Mm-hmm. But then Lawrence wakes up. He's not dead. He indicates that he shot himself. And he says, I couldn't live with myself knowing what I'd done to her. And I don't know about you, but I didn't pick up on what that was. I thought that he must have did something that forced her to go into prostitution and earn money to like either pay off debt or something. Yeah, I couldn't figure out like what, what exactly he did to her. Maybe we'll learn that later, but for right now, for me, it's a burning question. Like, what did he do to her? And then he says... I made a decision for us that felt like the only way out. So then again, the question is, out of what? And then when he's talking about how he tried to shoot himself in the heart, he ends the description by saying, at least that's how I think it happened. So is he even remembering what happened? Did someone else shoot him? Because then when they're analyzing the bullet hole in the wall, Bigby's confused about the location of it. I think he chose to shoot himself. We see there's a stray bullet behind him. And I think it's unrelated to his own bullet. Because I'm trying to think, if he was holding the gun to himself, would it angle upwards or downwards? And I feel like either way, it wouldn't have reached where it did. So I'm thinking yeah. that there was a second person involved with, with, not even with his suicide, but maybe after he tried to kill himself, someone mm -hmm. was involved. And then that brings me to my next question. When... Bigby finds the pool of blood that has, like, a hard edge to it. That's when he finds the bed that flips out. So that indicates that the bed was flipped out at the time <laughs> the blood was released, you know, when he was shot. So does that mean that someone, after he was shot, moved the bed up? What's the, up. My, my other wild theory is that that blood belongs to Faith. Maybe he shot himself, Faith came in, and then she was ambushed and killed at that time. Yeah, it's... Well, because he says it was, like, a week ago. It seems like someone's been there. Either someone killed him or someone's been there since he killed himself, tried to kill himself, and lifted the bed up. Because if he did, in fact, plan to kill himself, there is a note that he left on the bed. I think it's safe to assume he would have left the bed out with the note there for her to see or for anyone to see. So then who flipped the bed back up? Someone who has been there at some point, I think. I agree. Um, but then also, I noticed that Snow picked up an envelope in his apartment, and I don't know what happens with that. Lawrence names someone called Georgie as a potential suspect after Bigby informs him that Faith is dead. At that point, someone starts breaking into the apartment, and this is when we meet the Tweedles. They're creepy. They really creep me out. They're gross, too. But also, during this chase, does Dee just throw a couch on... A random guy in the hallway. We're running, so it's hard to notice it, but 
he like pushes a couch and then there's just a guy <laughs> under it. I think he threw a couch on a guy. I mean, he's not too smart. No. So. <laughs> Anything else for you? Nope. All right. Bigby and Snow now head to Toad's place to follow up on his call. They find an unusual scene and can tell Toad is not telling the whole truth. After breaking down Toad's walls, Bigby follows the trail of a new lead, tracking down the woodsman at a bar where things again turn violent, and Bigby makes his next big choice. Where do your notes start? I just... Very lame note, but it said something connects what happened between Faith and Toad. Yeah. So that's where my note... My only note... <laughs> I don't try to make sense. The D's, I think, right? Because... Yeah. The, the D's were at yeah. Lawrence's apartment and mm-hmm. the D's were at Toad's apartment where the woodsman also mm-hmm. lives. So yeah, they're they're like the connecting string. Mm-hmm. But also, Toad does not want to cooperate and he says, Will you not make a big faff out of all of this? And so of course I needed to know what that word means. I've never heard it. Me neither. As you would probably expect, it is British slang. And it's basically an overcomplicated task or a waste of time. So now you know, you're welcome. One of the Tweedles was looking for something that they thought the woodsman had, and we don't know what that is that they're looking for, but we do know that they didn't want Faith's donkey skin coat, which Toad has for some reason. I guess he stole it from upstairs. So then Bigby and Snow take possession of the coats in which they find a letter that I chose not to open. I think Kathy was really mad at me when I didn't open that letter. <laughs> Yes. My reaction is like, why didn't you open it? <laughs> I chose to to hold on to it. I'm hoping we can open it later. I just didn't want to do something illegal in front of witnesses. Well, here's the thing. I wouldn't, in reality, I wouldn't, but just for the story's purpose, I would be curious. And then they leave Toads. They're sharing a cab. Bigby is heading to the Trip Trap bar to find the woodsman, and Snow's going to head back to the woodlands. And she asks him, who do you think did this? And I chose not to answer as Bigby, but now I want to ask you, Kathy, who are you leaning towards Mm -hmm. as most suspicious? I would say not knowing what, like before the bar scene, I would say it's the Wisman. Mm -hmm. But after that, I don't know if I would say it's the Wisman. I think I would lean more towards, I don't know. I think it's the person who went who went into Prince Lawrence's house and the one who flipped the bed up. Mm -hmm. I think he's the one who killed Faith. Oh, I just made a connection. So the D's were looking for something at the woodsman's apartment. And then there was one looking for something at Lawrence's apartment when Bigby and Snow were there. So they're trying to find something of hers that maybe the killer already has. Maybe the killer is trying to do something and he needs a little bit of, like, a bunch of different tokens from different people. I was about to say the ring, but then they gave the yeah. ring back. And it's not the cloak either, so what is it? There's something of hers that's important. It seems like whatever it is, though, the killer must have it, right? Yeah. And somehow the D's know what it is. So some people are in the know of a little bit more about what's going on than we are. But they're having this conversation... About this whole situation and them not being human and their community in the cab. Do we trust this cab driver? They're talking so openly. They're going to blow everyone's cover. I think they have to trust the cab. The cab driver. Sorry, I think there's a bug under my desk. Kill it. Kill it. Smoosh it. No, it's some weird scrap of material. (laughs) 
don't know what it is. Ah! Bill. Is it attacking you? The scrap of material? No. I flipped it on myself on accident. <laughs> I think it's a dry piece of leaf that's molding. Ugh. Oh god. <laughs> Sorry. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Okay. Sorry. All good. They get to the trip trap. And this is when they part ways. And they tell each other to be careful. It seems like... Like, do you think they're both scared? I think they're worried about each other, but do you think they're both kind of scared as well? It is, because this town shouldn't be having murders run around, so I totally understand where they're both coming from. Bigby makes it inside the bar, where we meet Holly and Gren, and for some reason the woodsman is talking about the whole Red Riding Hood story. He wasn't such a good guy. He was not there to save them from the big bad wolf, but he was actually there to rob them. And then things escalate, and Bigby ends up fighting Gren, who transforms into, like, a troll thing. And this is when we see a lot of troll butt <laughs> right in your face. We see Bigby starting to transform into his wolf form. So you get out of this form, he drinks whiskey, so I guess now we know why he drinks. We still don't know Colin's excuse, though. I was just curious, if do you think Bigby can control himself? I don't know. It seems like... Well, because when he starts to transform in the, the first scene when the woodsman's attacking him, it's just like his eyes and teeth and Faith asks, you're not really supposed to do that, are you? And so I think it's like a defensive thing where if he's being attacked, it starts to, to be less easy to control. Because the reason why I was wondering, I was just thinking that maybe he's trying to redeem himself. I'm thinking is that why he doesn't want to associate himself with his full form, but that's why he can't control it. And that also leads him to being the sheriff because he's trying to redeem himself. Yeah, I think definitely for sure he's ashamed of his past and I think he, he doesn't want to become that anymore. I think it is harder for him to control himself in that form. Alright, Big B is on his way to bring in the Tweedle after he arrested him. And when they get close to the woodlands, he notices police lights, walks through the police tape, and now we see Snow White's head on the front step. Just where Faith's was. Huge shocker. What are you thinking? <laughs> What's going through your brain? It's so funny because I was watching you and I was like, I hope nothing happens to snow and everything. And you're just trying to be like neutral. <laughs> and I'm watching this and I'm like, oh gosh, it's going to be snow. Right? And you're trying to just not say anything. I was just like, quit asking me questions. <laughs> Any way I react, I feel like I'm giving something away. <laughs> yes. The common things between the two victims, they're both love interest or, or somehow associated with Bigby in a way that they mm -hmm. can be misunderstood as like him showing interest in either of them or either of them showing interest in him. And so I'm wondering is there someone watching Bigby's every move and just being a few steps ahead of him? Yeah, is this just someone trying to get at him? That's a good question. You could definitely make that argument. It's just my theories that I want to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No, I like that one. He's definitely sh shocked. Yeah. It's quite the cliffhanger, too. It quite is. It sucks you in. I know. <laughs> Anything else? Nope. Well, I did count that Bigby smoked five cigarettes this episode. Oh, gosh. So we'll see how many he goes through the next chapter. He'll probably be a bit more stressed, so I'm going to bet it's more. Uh, closing thought. I love the graphics. I love the look of this game, the design. It's really refreshing. Me, too. Just trying to, not trying to drag Yakuza back, but it's a really different style. I think Yakuza was more realistic, mm -hmm. but this is more car 
cartoonish with that dark twist to it, which fits really well considering this is based off of a fable. Yeah, I do like that. It's it's cartoony, but it's graphic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an interesting but appealing mix. It's a good combination. It is. Episode 2 gameplay is up on YouTube, and next week we'll be analyzing it. <laughs> Just mean, do we need a better outro than that? Stay tuned. We'll see who the killer is. Or do we? We'll find out. We'll definitely know how many cigarettes Bigby smokes. We're going to count them. Okay, I think we just need to stop talking now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Should we end it? Yes, let's end it. Put us all out of our misery. Okay, a stop voice recorder. Three, two, one.